Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Hello, Nerdcasters. It's Charlie Matessian sitting in for Scott Bland with a special debate edition of the show. Tonight, we had 10 of the Democrats running for president on the stage at Atlanta's Tyler Perry Studios. And we're going to pick apart a key moment with Politico Stephanie Murray. Stephanie, so glad you're here tonight. I'm so glad to be here. So let's get right to it. This wasn't exactly the debate that people were expecting. I think the big expectation was that there would be very little talk about the president and that there would be a huge dogpile on Pete Buttigieg, in part because he's rising in Iowa and you see that in the polls and because he's rising in in New Hampshire and all of a sudden the top tier has been reconstituted and Pete Buttigieg is part of it. So I expected that he would have a much rougher night than he did. That's not exactly what happened though. There was a good bit of discussion about the president, uh, including what, what kind of campaign the Democrats should run against him. What stood out to you in the uh, debate? It was pretty incredible to me. I mean, I came in expecting fireworks, like you said, and it was really for the first hour or so. It seemed to be all about Trump. And after 11 or so hours of impeachment hearings during the day, we pivoted right to the debate. And it seemed like the candidates just wanted to talk about Trump and what to do after Trump, what comes after Trump, why Trump is so bad for the country, why he needs to be defeated. And so those things I was listening for about Pete, about Medicare for all, we didn't hear them for the first half of the debate. Okay, let's listen to this exchange between Rachel Maddow and Vice President Biden about the question of whether he would support an investigation, a criminal investigation into the president after he leaves office. And we should say we're going to let this play in its entirety. It's going to run about 90 seconds or so. Vice President Biden, let me ask you to pick up on the issue that Senator Sanders just raised about no one being above the law. When President Ford pardoned President Nixon, he said it was to heal the country. Would you support a potential criminal investigation into President Trump after he leaves office, even if you thought it might further inflame the country's divisions? Look, I would not direct my Justice Department like this president does. I'd let them make their independent judgment. I would not dictate who should be prosecuted or who should be exonerated. That's not the role of the president of the United States. It's the attorney general of the United States, not the president's attorney, private attorney. And so I would, whatever was determined by the attorney general I supported, that I appointed, let them make an independent judgment. If that was the judgment that he violated the law and he should be, in fact, criminally prosecuted, then so be it. But I would not direct it. And I don't think it's a good idea that we mock, that, that we that we model ourselves after Trump and say, lock him up. Look, we have to bring this country together. Let's start talking civilly to people and treating, you know, the next president who starts tweeting should, anyway. It, it, it just, we, look, it's about civility. We have to restore the soul of this country. 
And that's not who we are, that's not who we've been, that's not who we should be. Follow the law, let the Justice Department make the judgment as to whether or not someone should be prosecuted, period. Senator Sanders, let me ask you briefly to respond to that, the difference of your opinion, of opinion there with Vice President Biden. Well, no, I think uh, Joe is right. So, Stephanie, this that exchange was uh, seemed emblematic of the evening, an evening marked not by attacks on each other, not by attacks on Pete Buttigieg, which is what many people expected, but instead marked by a focus on the president and his actions in office and the impeachment. And I think the big question here is who can beat Donald Trump and then who can effectively govern in a post-Trump world? Uh, one reason they talked a lot about President Trump was because I thought in the first half hour, at least, or first hour, Rachel Maddow was asking a lot of questions about impeachment, about the president, uh, which I think you know was natural given her background, not as a news person, but rather as a uh, kind of a, a political talk show host. That's a great point. And another thing I'd point out is that a few days ago, uh, President Barack Obama had urged the candidates not to go after each other the way that they had been and not kind of assemble that cir- circular firing squad. And I wonder if that was an element that kind of kept them at bay more so than they had been in previous debates. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to hear more about Buttigieg and those website stock photos. I wanted to hear more about Elizabeth Warren and kind of her changing her position on Medicare for all. But I mean, I don't know if it was Obama warning them not to go after each other or if the field has decided that it's smarter to just go right after Trump and they don't feel like they need to attack each other. But that conflict was definitely missing tonight. And now you get out there in in New Hampshire quite a bit. Do you get the sense that the Democratic base, you know, in, in many ways, that is the imperative from the Democratic base, which is have a primary but don't attack each other? I mean, is, does that explain the reluctance? I mean, what explains the reluctance to, to attack each other in a competitive primary like this? I think people are hungry for positivity and unity. When I talk to voters on the trail, I mean, that's the sense that I get. They look at Trump and kind of the way that he goes after people and attacks people on Twitter, and they're looking for the antidote to that. Yes. Early on in the race, uh, something I used to talk to people a lot about was whether people wanted a healer or a fighter. I think the field is still figuring that out, but it looked like the unifier was what people were settling on tonight. So we've struggled to understand what exactly is the storyline coming out of this debate. What do you think we learned from this debate? It's tough for me to say. I mean, it feels like nothing really changed and nothing really big happened. Um, The takeaway for me was that nobody was really playing hardball with each other or going after one another after a few weeks of some pretty tough news cycles for these candidates. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens next month at uh, Shameless Plug, the Politico PBS NewsHour debate on December 19th. And I, if I had to bet money right now, Stephanie, I would say it is going to be a lot sharper because they will be so close that they can smell Iowa by mid-December. And they're not going to have the luxury of, uh, you know, breaking out the, uh, the kid gloves like tonight. Absolutely. I mean, the clock, the clock is ticking. All right, that'll do it. Stephanie, thanks so much for jumping in here after the debate. My pleasure. Scott Bland will be back with our usual show on Friday. Thanks to Annie Reese for producing tonight and to Jenny Ament. 